Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. I'm so excited for our guest today. I was reviewing all of her stuff last night. I'm like, I just feel like I know this person and like just click. And so she's also a speaker. She's also a podcaster. And like she loves helping women and helping women succeed. And that is like something that I'm super, super uber passionate about because it's it's muddy. It's hard. And, you know, women, it's like, we are birthed to like, take care of people and you got to take care of yourself first, which that's a whole nother tangent. But today we're going to talk about like the mission and how we want to help other women. And this is the key word ready unapologetically, because I hear one more woman say like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right. About like sharing your message. You're not for everybody. And that's okay. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So Keisha, welcome to the show. Angela, I am so pumped to be here. And I love even just the idea of this podcast because I'm a huge proponent of pulling back the curtain and saying like, come with me, let's figure this out together. As an entrepreneur, sometimes you have your best day and your worst day in the same hour and you're super excited and then you're ugly crying on your bathroom floor. And I feel like that's what we can like get into that juice today. So thank you for having me. I appreciate you. I'm so excited. And I know you really, I'd love for you to share just a little, before we jump into like the mindset work and I want people to understand like the, just the quick overview of like your transition and your journey. Like we were just chatting before we started recording and like how you have taken different opportunities and like moved around and where you came from and like how you got into like entrepreneurship in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like I, had a situation that might be similar to a lot of women listening into the show where on paper, everything made sense. I checked all the boxes. I went to college. I got that, you know, job. I was working my way, my way up the corporate ladder. And because we become a byproduct of the expectations of our peer group, I thought it was really normal to do what I was doing, but I felt so uncomfortable. I had this like very visceral gut feeling that I was in the wrong lane. I was in the wrong path and I didn't know what my thing was, but I knew that I wasn't in it. But the situation is actually kind of difficult when everything is really good. As in, I had really good managers. I had really good career trajectory. I made over six figures. I was, I mean, I was doing really good by most people's standards, but it wasn't aligned for me. And I felt really confused. And to be honest, I felt guilty at first that I wasn't grateful for what I had. Like I was like, telling myself this story of you should be grateful for this. You have it better than so many other people. And it's not that bad. But in reality, I don't think that that's an indication that you should stay where you're at. If you've got this like gut feeling, especially when it's visceral, that's telling you it's time for you to make a change. You know, our life is a testimony of what's possible for other people. And I wanted to be an example of someone who left my version of good to go chase whatever great was for me, which is going to be different for every person. But for me, that led me down the entrepreneurial path, which 
I knew from an early age, like if I traced it back, you know, if you picture like your little girl self, I used to like interview people. I had my Keisha, the koala bear talk show, obviously Keisha koala bear. And I would interview people and I always wanted to entertain and be on stages. And I loved connecting with women. And I've always been very entrepreneurial, but I think I didn't see a lot of examples of it. So I just did what I thought that I was supposed to do until that discomfort wasn't just a rumble. It was like a roar in my stomach that was saying, you need to do something else. But because I had a really good situation. I didn't want to jump and just hope that the net would appear because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So my first business was actually in network marketing back in January of 2014, which I feel like is a lot of people's like gateway into entrepreneurship. You learn so much about it. I'm a huge proponent of it. I think it's a beautiful business model. I don't do it anymore, but it's really what kind of got me going in this direction. Built up a massive team. Um, We moved from Seattle, where we were living at the time, to New York City. My last corporate job was at Google in corporate recruiting, and I was building this business before and after work. And I built, you know, I got a lot of opportunities building that business. And a couple years into it, I started to get that gut feeling again that was telling me, this is not aligned for you anymore. And to be honest with you, Angela, it was way more confusing because my income had grown by $100,000 a year. So at this point I was, you know, speaking to 10,000 plus people in audiences. I had a lot of these like shiny titles. I was making a crap ton of money. And more importantly than that, I was making so much impact, but I just didn't want to do it anymore. And it was so scary because I didn't know what was next. So I decided to start my podcast, Empower Her, three and a half years ago with the intention of it being a come with me, let's figure this out together type of podcast rather than a look at me, I've got this all figured out type of show. And I would Google who wrote a book on feeling lost. And then I would bring that person onto my show. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I feel all over the place. And uh, a community was built from that. And I think it's a good reminder for anyone listening into this, that if you don't see what you think should be represented the way that you think it should, maybe it's because you are supposed to be the representation. And there was a lot of women in the podcasting space, but I felt as if they were three to five steps ahead of me. And they were saying like, Hey, you know, come with me. Like I'll, I'll lead the way for you. But I remember what it was like to be back at that stage. And I didn't feel as if there were enough podcasts that were like, we're girlfriends chatting over, like I say on my show, spicy margaritas, and we're just going to be really raw. And so I created that. And from there it led into podcast courses and merged and now live events and lots of speaking opportunities. And it built out this whole business. And here we are now. (laughs) And you are fulfilled, right? I mean, and and that's, I feel like I'm like listening to myself just talk out loud because the, everything you're saying is so where I was like transitioning from this events business and this luxury wedding business and doing 250 plus events a year. And it seems like everything you're saying, like on the outside, things were so good and we were killing it and crushing it. And it was so perfect. And we were making so many people happy and making their dreams come true. And then it's like, I was just dying in the background because I I couldn't breathe. There was so much pressure. I mean, if I really sat around and thought about it, I'd probably just stroke out, but it's like, surrounding myself with the right people. And really, you know, I say like God dropping people as cheesy as it sounds like the right people around me at the right time to say like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you're, Mm -hmm. you're working yourself to death. You're saying yes to everything. Like, why are you doing all of 
this. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, no one's ever asked me that. I, I don't know. And you know, that led me down a path of like, okay, I guess it, it feels good to be needed. Um, it feels good that, you know, everybody is like wanting answers for me, but you can only feel that way for so long to where it's like, there were days I just wanted to get in bed and never get out. I just wanted to be left alone. I still kind of have those days sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, it's like you, you never get away from it, but I so resonate with you saying like, just, you know, in your gut when it's, you just don't want to do it anymore. And how do yeah. you unpack it? And how do you unplug it? And people are so judgmental. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and now, you know, looking back, I'm like, I don't care what people think. I really don't. It's like, you're not for everybody, but you're so right. There's not a lot of podcasters or people out there just being real and raw because it, it is uncomfortable and it is mm -hmm. being vulnerable. But at the same time, we are all freaking dealing with this. We are yeah. all dealing with it. And so while I love that, and, and there, maybe there was a strategy and now like I am so strategy focused on like before we launch a product or before we do something, I'm like, we need to think it through. We need to beta test things. We need to ask our audience. We need to involve other people just because I think it's a good idea doesn't necessarily mean it's a good idea. Yeah. And so, you know, I had to learn all that the hard way, but if you can share with us just a little bit about like, um, you know, jumping in and just doing a podcast, not overthinking it, yep. not having all the perfect artwork. You just knew that you, you, you were missing something, which I think it was like just the community of people just talking through, let's figuring it out together. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was scary. How did you arrive at that? Like, what were your like the, the very first day you sat down and you got a microphone and you're like, okay, I'm going to do yeah. my very podcast. Like what you, were you what I was mean, that I'm like? sure you can connect to this, but I was sweaty in weird places that I didn't even know I could sweat in because it's so, cause first your brain goes to, oh my gosh, what if nobody listens in? And then it goes to, what if a lot of people listen in? And then you start freaking out about it. And and I actually really love that season. And I love that my first episode, even, you know, cause I help so many women in the podcasting space launch their own shows and grow, their, grow and monetize their shows that I'm like, go back to my first episode and see how painfully awkward I was because you also get to see that. And it's a gift for a future version of you to look back at that initial first step and see how far you've come because it, it's not easy to put yourself out there. And, um, you know, as humans, we're designed to want to belong in community. We're wanting to belong in this familiar thought pattern that we're saying in our head over and over again. We're not wired to want to jump to something that we don't know the outcome of, even if we know that it's going to be better for us. It's just primally, we're not wired that way. So it's understanding that if at first you're feeling resistance to starting that thing that you're scared to do, welcome to the club. There's 7 billion of us. We all feel that way. But truth is on the other end of that jump is a so much more fulfilled version of you. And I don't want you, anyone listening into this to get to the end of your TB amount of days here and have regret or this shoulda, woulda, coulda. I wish I would have gone for it, but I was too scared to try, you know, or I listened to somebody else's definition of what success was and I followed their path and now I resent them because I didn't build a life that I wanted. So from a tactical perspective, I always like to think is, you know, there's so often women can say, you know, Angela Cage, like maybe, maybe I don't know what it is that I want. And to you, I say, 
if Oprah was like, yo girl, I'll give you however much money you need to fund your dreams, but you have to tell me what you want in the next five minutes or the offer completely goes away and you never talk to me again. You're going to come up with something that you want to do. And that I think can be a compass to kind of guide you. This like you intuitively do know something that would add another stream of fulfillment in your life. Could it also add another stream of income and impact? Yes, but also just fulfillment as a human. So if you had to say, What's something that I could do to take action in the next 24 hours? Just taking one small action in the right direction gives you this dopamine hit. And it gives you this deposit into what I like to think of as your confidence bucket. And when I think of confidence like a bucket, I'm thinking every single day that you show up and keep a promise to yourself, it's like you're putting these deposits in. Plop, 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 right? So when Sally Sue 293 or your aunt or some random girl that you're connected with on Facebook from third grade doesn't think your business idea is smart, it feels like somebody smacked the side of your confidence bucket and for sake of this analogy, some sloshes out but you're still able to keep going. So how can you find those little tiny little micro things to move the needle forward? And, and that's how I started my podcast. I was like, I'm doing it. I announced it on social media. I had no name. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And then when I sat down to your original question, I was so sweaty and I did these really dramatic pauses because I felt like that would be more suspenseful. But we know when you're listening into a podcast, if there's dead air, you're like, checking his mind. All right, headphones working. Is this thing still turned on? Um, but from that first rep came another rep, came another rep, came, you know, 300 something episodes later. I'm so much more comfortable doing it. And we got to give ourselves grace at the beginning because everybody sucks. And then you suck a little less. And then if you keep going, you get good. And if you really keep going, you can get great. <laughs> I love it. I love your, okay. So like this question though, if Oprah gave you <laughs> let's just say $10 million yeah. and you've had five minutes. Yeah. What would you do? What would you do? I know what yeah. I, what would you do? Yeah. How would you I would, answer that? I would want to build an entire, so my podcast is called empower her and we've got a little, like a lot of silos that come off of it. And I just want to connect women in community together. So I think I would do a whole philanthropic branch of empower her, um, to fund women with business ideas, but then I would do an entire like line of it to helping women that just want to have like experiential based connection retreats. And then I would fund like the big, big events all over the globe and then just do a massive tour. And they're just like highlight women. And like, I mean, I know I'm, I'm building that now. Oprah eventually will be on my show. I've DM'd her plenty of times. She hasn't responded yet. Keyword yet. But when she does, I'm like, yo, I've been, I've been texting you for a while, girl. <laughs> I love the mindset of like, well, it hasn't happened yet, but it will. And, but that's like, here is a good gut check. If you ask yourself, what would you do with that money? And if you're not doing something right now that you would do with that money, quit effing doing it and go do and start working on what you would do. So Preach. for us, like the pandemic, Angela, just drop that mic girl. Yes. Boom. <laughs> mic drop. That's got to be a TikTok dance. <laughs> like mic drop. Right. But it's true. It's like the money does come and, yeah. and it sounds so cheesy. It's like, follow your passion and the money will come. Like, you've got to have hard pains. You've got to feel the pain. You've got to go through the hard mm. shit. Quit chasing the money. Quit like do what you're passionate about. It will come. Yeah. And so 
during the pandemic, the pandemic was like such a trans transformational, just me personally, like in so many ways. And it's like, I, you know, we both have like a lot of energy and I got to move and I can't sit. And it's, yeah. you know, you hear the new sitting is smoking and it's killing you. Da, 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 da. So, um, when I got COVID last February, I, it literally, like, I'm not being funny, sarcastic, I almost died from it for real. Yeah. And so, and I was very unhealthy. I was very depressed. I mean, everything, my life of 22 years was ripped out from under my feet. I didn't know what we were going to do. I'm like, we'll figure it out. Thank God we have affiliates and other sources of revenue, yeah. but our primary source was live events. And, it, you know, I told my team and everybody, I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do, but just leave me alone. And like, I, I got to figure it out. Um, but when everybody's looking to you it, and you stop and think about it, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And so I knew I'm like, I've got to move and I've got to get out of bed. So I ordered a treadmill desk. And I'm like, and so, and then I like set goals. I'm like, okay, I need to walk 10,000 steps today. I need to get my ass back in shape. I need to get healthy. I need to yes. start. I thought I was doing the right thing, like juicing and ordering the right food and eating right. Not completely. It wasn't good for, for what I needed. And so, um, you know, just things started happening. Someone came into my life that was like, can you market this health wellness program? And I'm like, I come from healthcare. There's a lot of shit out there that is hokey and it's, it's BS and I don't believe in it. If I don't believe in it, I'm not going to, I don't care how much you pay me. I'm not marketing yep. something I don't believe in. It's not about the money. Agreed. Which everyone needs to hear that, especially as you start to build a brand or a podcast and sponsors start reaching out to you and people that want to collab with you. It's like integrity of backing up the things that you actually stand for. Like people that goes so far. <laughs> it's, it's like, you don't want to mess with that everything. Mm -hmm. And so not that I ever thought of like making a business out of it at all. I was just like, I need to get my shit together because a lot of people are counting on me. Yeah. And in our community, a lot of people look to us for, for these answers. And it feels, I felt like so hopeless and empty, you know, when you don't have those answers and my God, I wish I would have known about your podcast back then. It would have really helped, <laughs> but it's like, you know, so I started doing this whole thing with the treadmill. And then, well, of course, when you're walking and then I, I joined this group because they're like, well, you can just come and observe what, what has happened with some of these people, like with their, their weight loss and their journey. And it's not always about like what you weigh. It was more about like health. And so, you know, I started losing weight and then people are like, what are you doing? What pill are you taking? What are you eating? And I was like, you know what? Screw everything else I'm doing. Because at the core of this, people need to be healthy and they need to understand that you have to take care of yourself before you take care of other people, especially in hospitality. And so after, you know, I just start answering questions and then there's more questions and more questions and more questions. And I'm like, we just need to have a workshop on this because- People need to know, they just need a little bit of guidance. No, nothing's easy. Um, and there's no magic pill. It's, it's called discipline. Yeah. And yes, I talk about time blocking, you know, and getting it in there. But it's like, at the end of the day, people just need community and they need to be able to follow someone who has done or kind of figured out what they're trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what has come out of this for us is like, if I took, if I had that money, I would go and put treadmill desk in like the busiest hotels for the employees because they take care of the guests and Peloton has all this stuff. But in some of these brands, they don't even, you're not allowed as an employee to go work out in the gym, like at the hotels. And then I, I would also take the money and put treadmill desk in um, airport lounges 
because for those of us who travel and we try to live a healthy life with the, the type of food we're eating and what we're putting in our bodies, which it's a whole nother podcast. Like I'm just learning so much stuff. And I'm like, it would help people understand that you've got to move to be able to keep your body going and just to be more healthy and just to feel better. And when you feel better, your team is going to feel better. And then your whole company morale, everything gets better. And then your insurance premiums go down. (laughs) So, you know, it's like the, the, the big picture here, but I I know that, that like I was going off on a tangent, but again, just ask yourself, if you had that money, what are you doing today and how are you making an impact? And if it's something different, first, I'm going to tell them to go listen to your podcast and like realign like your goals. And so I know you've learned a shit ton of things like (laughs) since the podcast and I mean, it, it blew up and it's growing and it's still growing and you're still like bringing people into your community. But like, yeah. if, if someone said like, what is the number one thing that you have learned, like a takeaway from it with this journey, what would you say? Yeah. So I feel like I have to answer that in two parts. Cause one is more broad and then one is more for business owners. So the first one more broadly, I think we have this tendency as humans to, especially women that are listening into a podcast like this, you're ambitious go-getters. You probably do have a big vision of where you want to go. And we can get caught up in the distance between where we are now and where we want to go. And what I've actually started to recognize is it's my responsibility and it's your responsibility listening. And it's your responsibility too, Angela, of like, labeling that space as something that actually serves us instead of overwhelming or how am I ever going to get there and asking ourselves crappy questions and therefore getting crappy answers. We've got to look at that space and label it something that's beneficial. And I've always labeled it as the qualification period, meaning I'm not yet the woman who can accomplish those big dreams and big goals that I have in my heart. And I'm actually completely okay with that despite living in an instant gratification culture where we've created this narrative that getting it more quickly means that we're more successful. Uh, So what I like to think about, so an example, I was on a a call with a bunch of my podcasters that are newer in the space. They've been podcasting for about six months. And I was like, how many of you guys would love to get a million downloads a month on your show? And the, the chat just goes ham, like right now, I'd love that, blah, blah, blah. I was like, interesting. For sake of this example, my podcast Empower Her gets about 250,000 downloads a month. And I told them, I definitely want to get to the million download a month point. I don't want it yet though, because I know that I need this time between where I am now and where I want to go to actually qualify me so I can handle it when I get there. Because with quadrupling your audience also means you're quadrupling the amount of people that don't vibe with you, the negative feedback, the uh, the people that are coming yes. into your ecosystem that you might not have the back end system set up yet. How can you scale intimacy at that level when that's really important to me is to have that intimate connection with my audience. And some of these things I just need to learn as I go. Same rules apply with, you know, all of the the stuff that you were talking about with health. It's like someone listening in could think that they want to lose 15 pounds tomorrow. But if you don't have the coping mechanisms and the sleep routines and the water and know how to fuel yourself and how to, you know, work out and get your steps in and all of that, you'll get there, but you won't be able to actually maintain it because you didn't learn what's required. And you robbed yourself of the pride that you're actually looking for by accomplishing that goal. Because if it comes easy, we rob ourselves of proud, right? So it's like, I actually want to have this season. And I really learned that with podcasting and entrepreneurship is all of it is serving me. Whatever you look for, you're gonna find. But in particular with this big distance, 
And then from an entrepreneurial perspective, I've learned that the more you can crank it up on being you and being more transparent, the more rootability and connective tissue you create with your audience. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people create something behind closed doors and then they launch it out into the world and then they wonder why they don't get the feedback because they tried so hard to make this perfect, quote unquote perfect, I should say, I guess, meaning like they think it won't be, you know, objected by other people are saying like, you know, I don't like this because they waited so long for it to be perfect for them to launch it. When instead, if you co-create with your community and you pull back the curtain more and you take them along on the ride, they're more invested in it and they want to root for you and they want to tell their friends about you. And that's how we got to almost 6 million downloads of Empower Her. It's not ads. It's not fancy guests. It's literally just Sarah telling Ashley who told Robin, who told Carrie, and, and, and it grew organically and it's been sustainable. I actually like the rate at which I'm growing and I don't want it to go faster, which I think is kind of a beautiful place to be in. Oh my gosh, you <laughs> said it so perfectly. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about a past client that it was a, uh, an app, a tech client coming at that created this platform for bridesmaids to pay. You know, it's like you go on these bridesmaids trips and um, who's expected to pay for what, right? It's yeah. like the maid of honor takes it all on. And then there's 13 bridesmaids. I mean, I'm from the South. So it's yeah. like these big ass wedding parties and you have different, and, and most of our clients in the past, like they were over, over 30. So they have different friend groups and there's, there's just different personalities and um, trying to bring all those people together. And then when you're the planner in the center of it, you, you get all the shit, right? Yep. And, and you have to deal with all the emotions and, and how to deal with it. So I loved being part of this platform because it took away all the, the shit, right? It's like, this is how much the trip is going to cost. Everybody, everybody go put your credit card in. It splits it all out. The client, the bride doesn't pay for anything. You know, everything's good. And um, the Good Morning America had reached out to them. It was like Valentine's Day. And they're like, hey, we want you to um, come on and talk about your, your app and your platform for Valentine's Day. And all these people get engaged. And he's like, oh, my God, this is like the best thing ever. And I was like, no, it's not the best thing ever. You are two guys in your parents' literally garage, like basement, yeah. building this code. You don't have the infrastructure. You don't have customer service. There's no call. To, yeah, there's a basic website. We haven't tested things. You know, they're, they're startup. And so I'm like, now next year, when you have a team in place and a call center and problem, you know, solving problems. And then you have your user error and then you have Wi-Fi error. I mean, there's right. so many things that could go wrong. And he was like, oh my God, thank God. Because yeah. he's like, I just want it. You know, you, you think you want these things, but if you don't slow down and look at the back end, it, it could really backfire and be something horrible. So yeah. I just, it, it's so important to just like, like you said, make sure you have that infrastructure set up. And, but sometimes I and, mean, yeah, it's this dance, right? Cause it's, cause it's also, I love this topic because it's important to think about that big vision, but then there's also this part that's like you, if you know why you're doing this, you will figure out the how along the way. It's more about like when you're actually starting and you want to get there faster, asking yourself, like, how is this season still serving me? How is this teaching me skills so I can manage it and continuing to make progress? Because the other thing, the other side of it, which I feel like we're like leading into is 
don't wait until everything's ready. Don't exactly. wait until all your ducks in a row because what, I mean, n- number one, you're never going to feel like you're ready. You're never going to know what's coming. And often so many women in particular, like, it's like, we're looking for step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. You don't even know what step three is until you've started and taken step one. And you also are, you know, building this confidence with every single time that you're showing up and making progress. And if you sit in this analysis paralysis, what happens is you start to doubt yourself. It literally digs at your confidence. And then you do this like spiral downwards thing where all of a sudden you're comparing somebody else's carefully curated content to your behind the scenes, messy bun, no makeup, zit in the middle of your forehead, just got in a fight with your significant other, telling yourself that you're like full of it and you're never gonna be able to do it. And it's like, no, if you start to take action, you're gonna get that dopamine hit. As humans, we love progress. We have to give ourselves the opportunity. And then no, there is still a need for space to get you where you want to go, but you can handle it. It's just a matter of starting, right? So it's kind of like this dance of like, you know, anyone listening to this, you know, if you're coming up with really socially acceptable BS excuses, like, oh, I wish I had time. And they're like, oh, Susie, you're right. Like if you had more time, I'm sure you would start that thing. Susie, somebody is busier than you that started that thing because she wanted it more. If you want it bad enough, you'll freaking figure it out. End of, end of story, right? Yeah. And so, and I know it's, it seems like I talk out of the both sides of my mouth because I'm like, okay, don't wait till everything is perfect. Yeah. Get started. But the difference is like in the communication. And so, you know, what I said to him, I'm like, if you want to go on the show and tell them this is coming, yes, build a leads list and give somebody a call to action and say, it's not ready yet, but it's coming. Here's, here's a, a URL and a landing page, sign up for it. It's a great promotional tool for a leads list. However, people aren't going to wait forever. Yep. So that's where it's like, you know, you, you got to think about it and say, okay, I can't just, you can't wait till everything is perfect. And you don't know that everything is perfect and shit's not going to be perfect. And you're also going to start things. And then you, I had to learn to listen to my audience and yep. what I wanted and what they were asking for is is really two different things. So I had to learn how to be a better listener. And then that when you listen and you deliver, that can propel you a lot further along. And, and we, we tend to make things so hard and so difficult. And it's like, just give it a try. I'm so thankful for like how quickly I fell on my face so many times to yep. get back up and know very quickly because I felt the pain oh shit, I don't ever want to do that again. You know, yeah. like it, it's just, and the other thing too, that I want to address with people, like everyone, every single person is a walking personal brand. We all are, we are a walking personal brand. And so when the way I approach it is like you said, when you go into that next level of like getting into millions of downloads, it brings all this other stuff, you, you know, the saying, it's like more money, more clients, more people, more problems, more this, more that. Do you really want that? And you have to sit down with yourself and, or your team or your family or whatever. And it's like, what do you want? Because we don't slow down enough to ask ourselves, why the hell are we doing this? What do we really want out of life? Mm-hmm. And the hardest part is when you are making good money and you don't want it anymore. And, and yeah. how do you shift and how do you make that start? It's like, yeah. you just have to start. So I, I love that you just brought up the problem thing because I always like to think about it where 
no matter what your goal is, there's always going to be problems associated with it. You just pick the problems that you want more. For example, if you're putting out yourself, you know, so transparently through a podcast platform, it's a very intimate platform, which means some people are going to love you and some people are just not going to vibe with you. The problem is you get to navigate other people's opinions of you and you get pretty good at just knowing that it matters most what you think and you don't, you really start to drown it out the rest of it. But in reality, would I rather have the problem of putting myself out there and navigating other people's opinions or the problem of pretending like I don't have this gut feeling that I want to launch a podcast? shoving it down and keeping myself quote unquote safe because I think that that's going to protect me from other people's opinions. No matter what you do, people are going to have something to say. Why not build a life that you're obsessed with, right? And pick the problems that you're going to want more. It's like, I've been underwhelmed and I've been overwhelmed. And when I'm overwhelmed as an entrepreneur, I'll pick that problem and learn how to ask for help and delegate rather than the problem of being in a you know, a corporate job, which I knew wasn't aligned for me. And I was extremely underwhelmed. I know which problem I want more. I'll take the overwhelm and then I'll learn to ask for help. And, you know, even on that, cause I actually feel like your audience is probably a lot of women that maybe like I used to, and maybe even you used to Angela struggled with like asking for help because oh yeah, we live in this, we're busy, like a badge of honor. Like I'm superwoman, I can do it all. And like, we want to take it all on. But the way that I've reframed asking for help, cause I got to a point where I was hysterically in tears. Everything was growing so quickly. Again, a great quote unquote problem, but I literally couldn't handle it. And I called my best friend, Jackie, who now works with me. And I was like, I, I help me. I literally can't do this. Please help me. And I was like at the point of breaking because I loved what I was doing, but I just couldn't manage it. And I needed someone that I, I didn't need to explain everything to. I just needed to get it off my plate as quickly as possible that I trusted. And I think about now how fulfilling it is for me and for anyone listening into this, just picture the last time that you got to help someone and you know that it really made an impact on them and how freaking good that felt for you. If you don't ask for help from your mother-in-law or your sister or your friend or that person that's reaching out to you, you're robbing them of the joy that comes from getting to help someone else. So do you really want to rob them of that joy? And when I think about it that way, I'm like, I know how good it feels to help someone I love when I get to feel, to your point, right? Like feeling appreciated and feeling like you have something that you can contribute to another person. As humans, we love contribution. So don't rob yourself of that, of getting someone to support you. Because if your dream is really big, it's going to need more than just you. And that's a beautiful dream to have. That is such a good way to look at it. Because, and, and people still say this to me all the time, like they'll lead in or they'll, um, so do you use Marco Polo, the video texting app? I, a couple of my girlfriends that like have young kids send me Marco Polo. I like forget to check it, but I know what it is. <laughs> I lo- so it is, it's like my communication, like yeah. lifeline. Um, I love it because it is, I'm often um, misunderstood through a text or an email. And when you can hear me and see my face, like, you know, what exactly where you stand or like, if I'm being sarcastic, I'm super sarcastic a lot of the times. But it's just like, I'll still get Marco Polos from people every once and they're like, I hate to bother you or I'm so sorry to wait. Um, I, it's like, quit saying you're sorry. Like I enjoy Mm -hmm. helping. The thing is the people, you know, in my life, it's like, if you're providing value, I'm providing value. And you know, it's a two way street. And I mean, it's taken a long time to get there, but it's like, don't apologize. But that is such a great way to look at it that like, when you don't ask for help and you know that that person can help, like you are kind of robbing the joy because it does feel good to be able Mm -hmm. to, to help people. And so 
and not that I can stop right then and, and give you experience shares right then and there. But when I have time, I will sit down and think about it. And, and it feels good to be able to share those experiences that can help other people. And, and that is a beautiful thing. So yeah. I, that's, it's such a great way, a, such a great way to, yeah. to think about it. I love that. It, it's interesting. Like, I just feel like we're like jamming, like we're just having like coffee together right now, because honestly, I feel like a lot of the things that you're saying are things that I think about often, even just this, especially women asking for like, like apologizing or apologizing when they're doing something that's helpful, apologizing for existing on the street. Like you don't see a guy that runs into into the grocery store when he's the one that ran into you that apologizes. It's the woman that apologizes. I'm like, dude, we need to be representations of what we actually want to see in the world. Cause it's really hard to be what you can't see. So to that, you know, the woman listening in, that's got three kids under five and she's an introvert and she has social anxiety and struggle with postpartum depression. And she wants to start her blog or her podcast or her business do that because somebody needs to see your proof of what's possible for them. But then also, if it bugs you that people are always apologizing, stop apologizing when you don't need to apologize. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, whoops, there we go. If I like am, you know, doing that in the grocery store with someone, I'm not gonna say, I'm sorry that I'm walking down the same lane as you. And so many women do it and it bugs me. And I'm like, that bugs me. I'm not doing that. I'm not contributing to that <laughs> conversation. Yep, yep. I really... And especially like being in the South, it's all the time. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. so, and I'm like, what are you fucking sorry about? Like, <laughs> just, I mean, if I run into somebody because I'm a very clumsy person, I'm like, excuse me. Now, if I accidentally like step on your toe, which yeah. I have rolled over some toes before with <laughs> my luggage recently. And I genuinely am sorry because yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I know my bag weighs 76 pounds Yeah, because it's March. And, and Angela, I feel like you're probably sweet talking the person at TSA to be like, it's only 26 pounds over the 50 pound limit. Just let me in. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll pay for it. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't want to <laughs> roll around two bags. Like I'd rather have one. I know it's a whole, a whole problem. Um, traveling but, well, Angela, that could be inspiring for someone work hard. So you're okay with paying the hundred dollar bag fee. If you want your bag to be 67 pounds. <laughs> yeah. It's like people don't understand it's like my friends are like, why don't you just check? You get two bags that you can check for free, but you want to pay over like overweight <laughs> luggage because you want one bag. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like when I'm going from like when I'm moving locations every two nights, like doing a yeah. podcast tour or interviewing different people, or I'm scouting out properties for an event or for an executive retreat. I just want one big bag. And no, I'm not always lifting it. I tip well, you know, even in countries that they're like, oh my gosh, like they don't expect tips, but I still do it because I appreciate that. But it's easier <laughs> for me to get around in one big bag than to anyway, you know, there's way bigger problems in the world, but I literally- It's relatable. I, I honestly am picturing someone right now that's listening to this podcast while she's driving and she's shaking her head like, I get it. I get it, girl. I do. <laughs> I literally ran over someone's toes with flip-flops and I'm like, I am so sorry. And I was like on my phone watching a Marco Polo and I'm like, I wasn't paying attention and I probably just broke your toe. And you know, the, the girl was like, it's okay. Like that did hurt, but just, you know, watch where you're going kind of thing. But I felt like that was appropriate to be like, I'm sorry, but you know, it's like, there's times where I will catch myself and I, you know, I need to stop because even like my nieces and the kids that are around it, like if you're a mom or an aunt and you do it and they see it, then they think that it, every, I'm sorry about everything. And it's like, no, quit 
saying you're sorry. Like, yeah. stop it. Well, it, it makes me think about this whole concept of, you know, like I'm not a mom yet, but we definitely want to have kids soon. And I think about the fact that, you know, our like parents are modeling behaviors to us. And I don't remember a lot of things that my mom always said, but I do remember what she actually did and the way that she talked to herself. And I picture this hypothetical, you know, conversation with our future kids where I'm telling them that they can do anything that they want in this world. And I want them to be able to look at me as living, breathing proof. Like, I know I can, mom, I watched you. Not you told me that I could chase my dreams, but I watched you chase yours. So you're an example of, of what it looks like to go be that person that goes and builds whatever life that you want. And, and it's just, it's taking responsibility for how we're showing up as women, as parents, as whatever. It's like, I just, I wait, I let that weigh on my shoulders and it is such a driving force for me to want to show up for, again, these hypothetical future kids, but also for women that are looking for someone who's scrappy and messy like I am, who had a really good situation, but wanted great or decided to start that thing and went for it and was just really open about it. Like we all just can be these examples to other people. And, and there's a lot of power in reminding yourself of that. So, 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 so much power, so much power. (laughs) If people want to start a podcast or get, get started, I know that we, I hear people say that a lot, like, well, I I feel like I missed the boat or I missed the wave. And you even alluded to that earlier. where like, there's a lot of women that have a podcast, but they're, but we all have our own individual stories. And so if someone is thinking about it, um, what should they do and how can they reach out to you? Yeah. So first and foremost, I think squashing the idea that podcasting is saturated and any story that you're telling yourself of why you can't do it, thinking that she, you know, some woman that you're watching has something that you don't. It's no, everybody to your point, like has a story that's unique that needs to be shared and can be delivered only in a way that you can. So taking that responsibility that if you're gifted this dream on your heart, you're also gifted the resourcefulness to figure it out, but you just can't be the only one standing in your own damn way. And the saturation concept, you're like, Kish, you know, I want to start a podcast, but I feel like there's so many podcasts now is a question that I get all the freaking time. Like there are 2.3 million podcasts, but of them less than 60% have released an episode in the last 90 days. And of those, less than half have released more than 10 episodes. So I know right now, if you're doing laundry or listening to dishes, you're like, I can't do that math right on my head. If you can, you're amazing, but I'm not a mathematician. I'll just tell you that is a very few amount of people that are consistently showing up to their podcasts. And you compare that to YouTube channels and blogs and the fact that you actually own your RSS feed for podcasting. It's such a beautiful platform, but also it's reminding yourself that if you know who it is that you want to serve, we can figure all of this out, right? Because when you know who you want to serve and you know who it is that you feel like you want to show up to be an example for that person or to educate or inspire or entertain that person, then you'll be consistent. So if this is on your heart, it's like, well, why don't you try? Like disattach from the outcome and understand that either you'll love it and you'll stay consistent and you'll keep going and you'll build this amazing community and all the things that you want from this, or you'll try it and you won't have to have this feeling of, I wonder what would have happened if I tried it. You'll at least say, okay, it wasn't my thing. I didn't want to stay consistent at it, but now I know, which that's a gift to give to yourself in general. So I think it's just like a lot of it is mindset about it. And this whole, like too many people are doing it already, or even business ideas. Oh, that person's already doing it. Good. That's proof that the market wants it. I'd rather do something and put a little remix on it that's already been done than create something brand new and have to educate the market on the need for it, right? So, yep. I mean, and as far as the podcasting course, we have 
We have a course that takes you from idea to launch and we do it in cohorts because I'm really big on community and connection. So in between each self-paced phase, we do these group Zoom calls. If you're interested in that, you can always DM me on Instagram and we can chat more about courses. I love to get to connect with women that are interested in starting or even growing, scaling and monetizing. Um, but truly it's all of it is perspective. If you're asking yourself crappy questions, you're going to get crappy answers. So take inventory of the thoughts that you're thinking about any dreams that you have on your heart, whether it's a podcast, a business, or just packing up your stuff and moving from the place where you grew up to somewhere that's always been on your heart. Like you're capable of it. Um, you just got to take that first step, which can be scary, but it's also really freaking impactful because you get to get that sense of dopamine and, and pride from, from doing that thing. And document your journey. Yes. And like share it, right? It's I so mean, fun. <laughs> it is. It really is. And, yeah. and that's how you start building the community. And you also have a text community, which I love because yeah. not many people have that. Like we yeah. started asking a while ago, like, do you want email or do you want text? Like, what do you want? More people want text. And so you have a text community. Yes. And so we'll put your text community number in the show notes. And if you guys are listening or watching, you can text business to the text community. And then I love how you say it. You send like free pump me up text. Yes. I love that. It's I like if that. your saucy bestie and a fortune cookie had a baby, they're inspo texts. <laughs> and I call it text from cash, but it's so fun. Like I love just like sending out little, little inspos to people. It's so, so fun. It's so fun. So if people want to connect directly with you, is your, is your jam like Instagram? Just yeah. DM Instagram you. is my yeah. jam, uh, my jam at Keisha, K-A-C-I-A dot Fitzgerald. And then my podcast is Monday, Thursday. It's called Empower Her. I love it. Guys, go listen and go watch and go connect. This was so much fun. Thank you so yeah. much for your time today. Oh, thank you, Angela. I appreciate you, girl. Awesome. And if you're listening and watching, thank you so much. And be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at AngelaProfit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.